0: Welcome to HCS Talks. I am your host, superintendent of Hampton City Schools, Raymond Haynes. This is a Hampton City Schools podcast. If you're listening for the first time, thank you for joining us. If it is important to students, parents, teachers, the community, or anything that has to do with education, we hope to cover it on HCS Talks. The goal is to inform, educate, and even entertain you. Today we have Mindy Singer-Cook with us, who is one of our Sims Middle School teachers. So thank you for being here, Ms. Singer-Cook. I'm looking forward to talking with you today and learning more about you and your vast experience in education.
1: Okay, thank you very much for having me.
0: Yes, ma'am. I'm excited. So tell me, Miss Singer-Cook, or tell the listening audience, when did you begin teaching in Hampton City Schools?
1: In September of 1985.
0: September of 1985.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Long time.
0: You have given your blood, sweat, and tears to Hampton City Schools, and and your dedication and commitment is quite evident. Based on your passion for this work on a regular basis. Thank you. So, uh, where else have you taught? As has Sims been the only place you've actually taught.
1: Yes, sir. Arnetta Washington was the principal, and she came out of her office around the corner, and I stood up, and she said, good afternoon, and I said, good afternoon, and we just knew I I had it. (laughs) She was wonderful. She was terrific, and she hired me right then and there.
0: Wow. I know uh, Mrs. Washington uh, because her husband, Raymond Washington, he, he continues to be one of my strongest mentors and confidants, and he and I actually talk on a somewhat weekly basis. He continues to pour in that wisdom and experience and mentorship to me on a regular basis.
1: Please give him my best regards. <laughs> I loved both of them very much.
0: I certainly will. So tell me, Miss Singer-Cook, what have you taught?
1: Um, when I... First started teaching, I was teaching math and science and reading. I have a reading specialist degree, which I've had from the very beginning, but I taught, and it was in an alternative program that we had back a long time ago in Hampton City Schools. And Dr. Woods, Donna Woods, was over that <laughs> and turned out she'd be one of my principals. But I started teaching that, and then a few years later, I just did reading full-time. So I'm the reading specialist.
0: Outstanding. Dr. Woods, another great mentor of mine, and um, I continue to benefit from her wisdom and experience as well. So you've worked with some some great leaders over your time.
1: I have worked with many, many wonderful administrators.
0: Yes, ma'am. So you actually taught in the alternative ed setting?
1: Yes, sir, I did.
0: What grades? 6th and 7th. 6th and 7th. Was it here or at an alternative site?
1: No, it was here at Sims. It was the first year. Actually, it was 7th and 8th grade my first two years. Well, we were transitioning and putting then sixth grade came up. and then I moved to sixth grade when sixth grade moved up. otherwise, when i my first few years here at Sims was just seventh and eighth graders.
0: So how was that experience working in the alt ed setting?
1: Those are my favorite group of students to teach and to work with and to learn from because they're as anxious and as motivated or as reluctant as I am. So, Building relationships is huge, and those students, I love them, and they apparently respect and love me back.
0: Oh, absolutely. I have started my career in alternative education as well, and working with that group of young people I think is is pretty special because we're making certain we continue to instill that sense of hope and uh, belief that they can do and accomplish great things, and just making that connection with them and building that rapport and relationships I think is pretty powerful and impactful too.
1: It is because now I'm teaching their children as well. I get invited to their graduations, their um, weddings, their baby showers. And so I think that's something I take very much and I'm very proud of that I have these relationships that I build with these students and it just doesn't stop. It just keeps going. And they email me and they text me and I catch up with them. If I see them, they come up to me and say, do you remember me, Mrs. (laughs) Singer-Cook? And I'm like, oh my, okay.
0: (laughs) See, and that impact that you're making is is lifelong. And they're coming back and inviting you to weddings or graduations that shows that you connected with them and they know that you actually care about them. And they remember that for many, many years. And I often say when I'm speaking to groups of people, I remember every teacher I had, K through 12, good, bad, or indifferent. And I recognize most importantly, those ones who made the biggest impact on me. And in, uh, many instances I'm still in contact with most of them to this day. So I can certainly relate and it is certainly a, uh, Certainly something you should be proud of and knowing that you've made a difference in the lives of, of many, many young people to the point where they're reaching back out to you and sort of asking, do you remember me or inviting you to special events? And mm-hmm. it's like that part being part of that family.
1: And I think that's the, the, the word, family yes. and community. Yes. And making and building those relationships.
0: Yes, ma'am. So why did you become a teacher?
1: I love learning. I love reading. And... I like to share. I'm a talker. So everyone always asks me, are you Are you a teacher? I'm like, yes. <laughs> because I ask a lot of questions and I just try to relate to people and find out what they're about and what they like and build on that.
0: Mm-hmm. And yet, being inquisitive, I'm sure you embed, instill a lot of that in your, in your students as well, making certain they ask questions and find out the why behind things.
1: Absolutely. And that's one of our big strategies we're working on this year the questioning, <laughs> the QAR questioning <laughs> and being able to answer them and... Those strategies to not only help them, not just in reading, because if you can't read and understand, the reading is the key.
0: Life skills.
1: Life skills, absolutely. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so that brings me to this. I know you're currently teaching the reading and writing exploration class. Yes. Tell us about that class.
1: It's a class that focuses on those children who have the abilities but haven't put forth on paper, the evidence that have how smart they are and they're hand chosen and picked because they're S-M-A-R-T and just getting them over that hump and letting them know because talking to them, they've got it. They just have to learn the skills and strategies and tricks of getting it from their head all the way down their arms, off their fingers, onto paper or a keyboard
0: yes, to ma'am. prove it. So do they stay in that class the entire year or is it they reach some level of mastery and come out or how does that work?
1: It's a year long class, but we reevaluate all the students and all their data at the end of the first semester in January. And if they've proven steady growth, then they have the opportunity to come out and go to an electives, another electives. Nice, nice.
0: Yes. So I, I'm sure that you experience a lot of success with that and, and working through and watching how they may have started off with you sort of like a pre assessment and then mid mid assessment and then determining how well they have progressed over time. So we'll talk a little bit about that.
1: We look at a lot of their data, mm-hmm. and we are using that information to find out and their baselines. And then we I steady graph them and, and record all of their data as we go along using their SOLs, their growths, their CSAs, their SRMs. And as long as we're seeing steady growth, I count that as a success. Yes, yes. I, if I can get them to move up a band, then that's major success. If we go from far below basic levels to basic levels it's still success. It's growth. yes. absolute growth.
0: So I would imagine and and working from this aspect of the reading and writing and exploration that you have constant communication or collaboration with the other English language arts teachers as well.
1: Absolutely and not just English language arts. I of course across all subjects because if you don't read and understand what you're reading, then even the health teachers, and I share all the SRM scores with them and if they're having difficulty in their classes, they can also bring their work into my class and I'll help them through it or understand to have have them do it.
0: Wow, that's pretty powerful. So young people having that resource, it's not just the English language arts they're struggling with the reading and comprehension aspect in science and social studies, or even like you mentioned, health and physical education. They're able to come in and get that additional assistance and utilizing those skills to ensure that they are mastering the whole concept of of comprehending what they read. So what about the writing piece as well? How does that work?
1: We're working on the writing piece step by step, slowly. And I'm making sure they have mastered those basic skills before they move on. So we're starting subject-verb agreement. We're starting with plurals and possessives and singular nouns. And this year, we've added a huge component of word fluency and multisyllabication. Wow. I know. So that's actually been very, very exciting because we're pulling that up from elementary. And we're finding it a lot of fun. So that's been exciting.
0: So I guess the other piece with that Sounds like you're focusing on, I guess, getting them prepared for the multiple choice portion of a writing test as well as the direct writing. How are you working with both components of that?
1: Having them being able to recognize the differences between speaking and written language and proper, it's been very enlightening because they will speak one way, but it's not proper American English. Right. So when they see it, we we go back and forth and they're like... Wait a minute! You're right, and so you know, like verb subject verb agreement, and making sure that all works, and watching the light bulb go off is is that's everything.
0: Yes, so I would imagine one of the other cha- other challenges would be, you know, the social media era and the texting that probably plays a part in the speech and also the the written aspect of it as well.
1: Absolutely. So in my classroom, if you walk in, they'll tell you it's proper American English. <laughs> So they know it's not the texting. That's actually kind of hurt us, so we've really backed up. And like I said, we're taking sure, steady steps. And the acronyms don't always work, and especially when you're writing a formal paper. But we even – I break it down more if they fill out an applications or their driver's ed test, because that's a big thing. There yes. are, especially the eighth graders, they can't wait to get to high school and take driver's ed. Right. And, but understanding all those processes. In applications now, it's not just – an interview, but that's very important. You have to be able to speak proper American English, but you have to fill out because not everything's multiple choice either.
0: Absolutely. Uh, it sounds like a lot of life skills that you're uh, instilling in them as well. And, and a lot of what you're saying speaks to us and how we're backwards mapping the portrait of a Hampton graduate. But these types of skills we know will benefit them as they prepare for college career in life in general, upon graduating from one of our four high schools. So speaks volumes to your laying that foundation here as well.
1: Well, I used to use an example, Dr. Haynes, as I said you want them, you know, to be well-versed, written, oral, and communi- be able to communicate and how it's important in the real world.
0: Yes, ma'am. Um, people oftentimes develop their first impression of you based on how you speak and often how you write as well. So we know those are critical skills to uh, advancing in life in general. So I know you're also the climate coach here at Sims. And yes. One of the things that continues to be a priority for me as the superintendent is to continue to support and provide, ensure we're providing a safe and nurturing school environment for everyone. We talk about ensuring that it's safe for students, but we we see this as critically important for staff as well. If folks don't feel safe in an environment, it impacts their ability to perform at their best as well as we know the impact it has on young people. So tell us about the importance of this position for you here at Sims as well.
1: It's very important and being the climate culture coach is an honor and being a veteran teacher has allowed me to actually go up to a lot of those newbie teachers or career switchers and letting them know that things that are affecting them and that they're starting to stress about stress us out as well. Me as well. Yes. When there's shifts and there's change and it's all going to be okay. And we're in this together, building a community, not just with our students, but with our within our staff, because a happy teacher, a happy educator, yes. happy students, happy administration, and it makes life happier. You want to come to work. And that's the beauty actually I think of education is it's never the same day twice. Yes, so, ma'am. and we're all in the same boat.
0: It also helps having you as a climate coach and that positivity (laughs) that you have, along with the experience. And you can tell them the ebbs and flows and things that happens and recognizing tomorrow's a new day and and this too shall pass. But it also helps in terms of us, you know, looking at the uh, strategic plan where it talks about attracting, recruiting, and retaining exceptional staff with the focus on retention. We're not Of course, we want folks to choose Hampton City Schools as a place of employment, but we also want them to choose and commit to staying as well. So when when they're coming into a safe and nurturing environment and someone like you serving as the climate coach for the school, it sort of sets the tone for everything else as well.
1: Well, Hampton City Schools has its going on. I mean, I'm very proud to have been a Hampton City School employee all these years, and I'm here because I want to be. I you know commute from Norfolk every day, yes, and have to battle that bridge tunnel, but I wouldn't change districts at all because Hampton's on the cutting edge, they're receptive, it's a community, and I feel very supported.
0: <laughs> That is actually music to my ears because we <laughs> talk about folks who choose to stay. And a lot of why they stay is that sense of family, connectedness, collegiality, sense mm-hmm. of community. And and when folks do leave and come back, they talk about missing those components that we just talked about and how important and critical they are to feeling as though you are part of a family and, and an organization that, Believes in them and their professional growth and development, and making certain we're all on one accord with the vision and mission of the school division.
1: And on personal levels, it's not just about the building. Right. So, making sure that we're all happy and healthy and doing what we need to do and banding together, yes, building ma'am. A, the community. Absolutely. Yes, ma'am.
0: Well, we certainly appreciate you making that commute. <laughs> well, thank you very much. For many years, and, and I will continue to benefit from your wisdom and, and your expertise in this field of work as well. Thank you. So Ms. Sanger-Cook, talk about your most rewarding experience during your career thus far.
1: I think it's the, the tears and the laughter and then the tears again because we're just crying for happiness and relaxation and relief that it all comes together in the end we work super hard and sometimes we feel underappreciated and stressed and overwhelmed but in the end all these years we've persevered and just having and recognizing the growth of our students and of our staff and all the people and wow. it's it's the truth again i'm here and i'm here at sims for that particular reason all these years wow
0: well- Anytime I come around you, I just feel the positivity. <laughs> so, you know, if I'm feeling down, if I pass by your class, there's always a nice pick-me-up. And I know well, thank you. the young people feel it as well, and, and you connect well with them. Thank you. Any funny stories you can share with the viewing audience?
1: Oh, every day is a funny day. <laughs> there's always something to laugh at. So um, there's just been so many, I, I can't even
0: can't think of one at this point. One might come back to you before we close out. So of all the classes that you've taught, what has been your favorite to teach?
1: It's the reading, writing, absolutely. Why is that? Because the children feel success. The students, somewhere along the lines, I've made sure that they are in some success somewhere and that they can be super proud of that. And they carry that on and they take that with them.
0: Well, you know, it's the foundation for everything else, like you've already mentioned. So I'm going to pull at your heartstring a little bit. Tell the listening audience, I already know, but tell the listening audience about your son. I believe he is a teacher at at Kickatan High School.
1: Yes, he is. He's my firstborn, my oldest. I'm so super proud. I can't be a more proud mother. He graduated. I was very surprised when he decided to go into education. And he is just a natural at it. And he just walks it. And he's now third year loving it going on wants to be more involved he's in part of the cohort program for administration he comes home every day and he has his frustrating days and we talk through them. but he smiles and he laughs and i have so many of my students that have gone from sims to kikutan to text me and call me and email me and say we have your son and he's just (laughs) like you and we love him and he tells me even when they have he also does a lot of the athletics as well yes and even though when they're south side and they play Southside. All the students want him to ride on the bus. So he stays at Kikatan. He rides the bus to all these places, Southside, or even up in Gloucester and wherever they play, just to be with him and hang out with him on the bus. And, nice, um,
0: nice. I know Zachary Cook well. He <laughs> is, like you mentioned, in our Hampton City Schools Old Dominion University Leadership Cohort, yes. part of our Grow Your Own program and helping us to... Uh, ensure succession planning is in place. So I know that the future looks pretty bright for him in terms of what his next, next journey will be in this field of work. Um, But listening to you and talk about his um, and talking about his rapport and relationships he has built with young people and his passion for education, he he gets that from his mom.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. And I think that he didn't, if you're here again and, in t- 38 years, you'll be asking him those same <laughs> questions because he's going to be a Hampton City School lifelong employee. Wow. I think this is where absolutely his heart is.
0: Yes, ma'am. And I can tell, you know, and <laughs> he's taken um, quite a few courses with me, and just his passion for this work is, is quite evident. So, but again, he, he gets that from his mom. <laughs> Thank you. So, what advice would you give to a new teacher?
1: Build those relationships within your classroom, within your grade level, within your faculty and staff, your building, all your support people at Hampton City School. Build those relationships, build that community, and use that community.
0: I can't think of a better piece of advice than what you just said, and you said it well. So before we wrap up, I want to revisit the beginning of our conversation when you shared, when you started teaching. For those of you who did not do the math, that means you have 38 38 years of experience. Yes, sir. And not only do you have 38 years with Hampton City Schools, you may not know it, but this, but you are presently, I don't know if you know this, you are presently the longest serving. Hampton City Schools teacher. Were you aware of that? No, sir, I wasn't.
1: <laughs> I feel very old. Very, very old. No,
0: I, I feel that wisdom, and, and and we have benefited immensely from your commitment and dedication to Hampton. So it's also my understanding that your school recognized all staff members the other week for their years of service. Yes, sir. So today I am honored to present you with your years of service pin. Oh, my
1: goodness. I certainly want
0: to thank you for continuing to choose Hampton City Schools and your dedication to and commitment to our students, staff, and the Hampton community. It
1: has absolutely been my pleasure.
0: For the listening audience, I'm actually presenting her with a 35-year pin, although she's been in this work for 38 years. And just two more years from now, we'll be presenting you with a 40-year pin, and you're going to stay with us, right? Yes, sir. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) sir. Because
1: I still have children going to Olderman University.
0: (laughs) Yes, ma'am. My
1: alma mater and...
0: Yes, ma'am. All
1: my children's alma maters. Yes,
0: ma'am. And that's my daughter, soon-to-be alma mater, I hope, uh, when she comes up out of there. But uh, we certainly are monarchs (laughs) in our family as well. So I I do want to thank you for joining me today and and for sharing your teaching experience with our listening audience, I hope that in the next few years i have the opportunity like i said to present you (laughs) with a 40-year pin yes sir yes ma'am and to our listeners remember education is the most powerful weapon you can use to change the world as one community one transformation we will ensure academic excellence for every child every day whatever it takes looking forward to next week
1: Listen to learn more about Hampton City Schools. New episodes of HCS Talks drop on Thursdays. Subscribe and listen to HCS Talks. HCS Talks is a Hampton City Schools production.